Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. Let's get underway. Saturdays were made for this. The biggest names and the biggest games right here. Triple M rocks the NRL. Thanks to our mates at King G. Welcome to the Triple M Saturday Scrub. Great to be with you. Two hours to share. Tony Squires, Brent Reed, uh, MG is with us. And Michael Chambers sits in for Ryan Girdler, who has a little bit of a runny nose. And, of course, in the current climate, that means he gets tested uh, and doesn't mingle. So doing exactly the right thing. Uh, for the past two weeks, uh, obviously in lockdown, I've had a terrific time in Byron Bay, but that's by, by and by. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing to see here. Uh, I'm looking at that tie player scoreboard again, and we'll get to these games uh, in a little bit more detail in this hour and the next one, the time we have to share. South 46, the Cowboys 18, the Raiders 13, and Manly 16. We are, of course, heading towards next Wednesday, State of Origin 3. Uh, no such thing as a dead rubber. We'll speak to Brad Fittler in about half an hour's time. But on the Maroons side of things, uh, Brent Reed not going exactly swimmingly, uh, I wouldn't have thought, as they no. go into this game, which they really do need to do something a little bit better than what they presented in the first two games. Mm. Uh, what happens is that Jai Arrow has been removed from the camp after bringing somebody into the, that environment. Now, before we get into the chat, I just want to talk about Paul Green. He's been under pressure, and even though it's only what third game in. Hmm. Uh, he faced the media, and this is we can give you exactly what he said from beginning to end. Thanks, guys. Um, just with regard to the Jai Arrow incident, um, the matter's uh, in the relevant authorities' hands and, and uh, hasn't been resolved as yet, so um, we won't be making any further comment at this stage. Any inquiries, um, please contact the NRL regarding that. Thanks. And walk off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a mic drop. Uh, yeah. Away he went. <laughs> <Mike dropped. laughs> Maybe a, a career drop. Career drop. Yeah, and gee, I'm, I'm I'm concerned about it, and because then Christian Welch was the next person here to come through, and he did have to face mm. those questions. Obviously, he's somebody who had broken the biosecurity bubble with uh, Melbourne Storm. Uh, he had to talk about that. Um, surely yeah. Paul Green's role there is to protect his players, and that'll be the voice of the organisation. I think it's indicative of where they find themselves at the minute. Um, look, Freddie's Freddie will be the first to to say to you he's not a great coach, but he's a fantastic man manager. Mal Meninga is a man manager. There's a couple of parallels there that their their teams they've got. Yeah, they're good teams, but you've got to be a good man manager to put all these egos together and make them play the way they play. And at the moment, I think they're basically just a ship without a rudder. The Queensland team, where you know, you, Paul Green is. I liked him as a coach at the Cowboys. He won a competition. But what he's doing with this Queensland team, that, that's a perfect um, perfect time for him to get, stand up and be counted and say, you know what, he's maroon, he's done the wrong thing, and we're not happy with it. And he's going to have a long road back to Sydney to think about what he's done. Because, But to, just to say nothing and let, leave it up to your, your players to try and – Smother? That's just not good. That's not good leadership at all. That's that's and that's what I was speaking about before. The, um, these clubs that things go wrong with. It, it all starts with the leaders. They've got to be. You've got to love the bloke who you, you're going to go out and, and, and sweat and, and blood and tears for. But obviously, this Queensland team don't love Paul Green. 
Well, it's been a tough series for Paul. I mean, nothing's gone right. You know, they had the bad preparation in game one. They had the Mulatalo thing in game two. They've had this now. But Greeny needs to handle his emotions better. I mean, he's an emotional guy, Paul Green. We've seen that. You know, he was sombre after the, the, the second origin game. He, he didn't give much away in the press conference, caught flack about that. And that was poor yesterday by any you know, by any account, that was a poor performance. That's not just an emotional because decision because he, they've obviously thought about that. He's planned exactly right. what he's going to yeah. say and that he's going to walk away. And I'm told people said to him, Paul, you've got to front the media, you've got to talk. And he said, no, I'm, not, I'm basically not, not going to do it. But what, obviously what made it worse was any you know, Christian Welch stand up there, took every, uh, addressed every question that was, that was aimed at him, um, fronted up, um, was eloquent, handled it really well, and that reflected poorly on Paul as well. And, you know, it's Paul's obviously been through a difficult period the past year. He lost his job at the Cowboys. There were he was sort of fraying around the edges a bit at the end of his time at the Cowboys. I think looked as though he needed to break away from uh, break from coaching. Got some time away. Got the Queensland job, and I think we all thought this is Paul's chance to show maybe he's changed a little bit. Uh, maybe you know he, he's ready to coach in the NRL again, but I would have thought any NRL club that has watched this series mm. and watched that press conference yesterday would now be really guarded and, and concerned concerned about appointing Paul to a job. And I think that's really 100%. sad because you know people I, I, I talk to who are close to Paul say he's a brilliant, he's got a great footy mind, yep. great X's and O's coach, great you know great tactical coach. But perhaps if there's a question mark around him, it's been his man management and um, his ability particularly recently, to handle these sort of situations. And this has just confirmed that. So, you know, I think it's, this game's huge for Paul Green. He's got an option in his deal for next year. Um, it's his option, so he will decide whether he takes it up or not. But, you know, Bruce Hatcher, the QRL chairman, has been um, pretty outspoken in support of Paul. But I imagine Bruce, he hasn't said anything in the past 24 hours, and I imagine it would be hard for Bruce to defend what has happened uh, over the past 48 hours in camp. It's uh, it's a bit of a shame the documentary wasn't filmed. It would have been, <laughs> it would have been a uh, How to Lose an <laughs> Origin series in 12 months. It's been an absolute disaster for Queensland. Like, even with from the moment they came into camp, they named Caelan Ponga with no chance to play. Mm. We've obviously mm. had the Ronaldo situation. They've lost two games at home. It's The whole thing's been a disaster. And I think coming on the back of it, he would have been watching last year when Wayne Bennett took charge, probably hoping... Oh, yeah. That they didn't win that series because there series. was no way back from that. Unless they won this series, he was always going to be in a position where you're going to question whether he can continue. And, yeah, oh, there is, you, you, you say Reedy's got an option. I don't think that's going to matter at all because. Mm. The QRL need to do something and do it, do it fast. But it's, you, you read things like there's a, a toxic culture in the team. And they've been together for two games. Yeah. They haven't had time yeah, to develop yeah. a, a toxic culture, surely. MG, can I ask you, what, as a player, if your coach had done that, if your coach had walked out, read a statement, and then walked out and left you, left you to address Filthy. the media, how would you Filthy. have felt? Filthy. Yeah. Filthy. Especially if I was in Christian Welsh's position and... I'd had something similar happen to me the year before, which I, I know the media are going to ask me about. I'm not, I don't want them to ask me about that. Yeah, the coach could have smothered everybody, and and Greeny could have smothered everybody by, you know, saying something that was along them lines that you know we we're not tolerating that as a Queensland team. We're, but just to, to read from a prepared statement, come on, come on, we need we need more from you, Greeny. That's all. We just needed more from you. We need to see more. We wanted to see more passion from him, and I don't think. That that doesn't grow overnight, you know. He's obviously um, coming as both the boys have mentioned. He's coming to this series on a hiding to nothing, you know. Wayne Bennett got arguably the, one of the the lesser Queensland teams in a long time, a long time over the line last year, albeit on the back of a 
a really disastrous year as, as NRL was. We're having the Origin in November and all that, you know, all that type of stuff. So there were some anomalies, but I just all this does is raise his status more, Wayne Bennett's status. Mm. I mean, they've got to get him next year if they want. If they want to have any chance of beating this this rampant New South Wales team, they've got to have Wayne Bennett as a coach. And we keep hearing about you know Cameron Smith maybe and Billy Slater. Well, the main man's got to be Wayne Bennett. If they want any chance of redemption, he's he's got to be the man at the helm. And it sounds as though the the NRL is going cold on expansion, and and Wayne Bennett would have been front and centre of whatever bid you'd imagine that got the uh, the chance to compete in twenty twenty three, the Firehawks, the Jets, <laughs> yes. whatever they may be. But he's sitting now. He could be sitting down with twelve months to spare here. And mm. but I, I think there's a part of Wayne Bennett who would look at this and and make a decision based on well, am I actually really going to win this series because. The people he's up against, he knows you know, Latrell Mitchell, Tom Trebojevic, they're not going away anytime soon. And yeah. it's a tough ask. Well, to be fair, no one gave him a chance last year. They did that. It was the worst right. Rising team yeah. ever, and Wayne got him over the line. You mentioned the culture tone. I mean, there's talk that, you know, there's been a lot of stories up up in Queensland, particularly about, about the the camp and, and how it's been handled, the drinking culture. Um, you know, there's talk that they, when they arrived, you know, amidst all that, there's talk that when they arrived in camp, basically on Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Monday night, yeah. that they were basically told, you know, let's get on the source again. So, you know uh, what, Reedy? That's when, old school. When New South mm. Wales were losing, and, and I've spoken to players at the time, when they were losing all those years ago, the Queenslanders, when they came into Australian camp, they would laugh at New South, especially with that Josh Dugan, Blake Ferguson situation. I heard mm. that they were laughing, saying they were drinking five days out. They were getting on the drink before games as well, the Maroons, and they were winning. But when you lose, mm. everything's magnified. Everything's, everything changes. And, yeah. and Queensland are in a situation where they can have a, a drinking culture at the haven't moment. Earned the, haven't earned the right. Haven't earned the right yet. No. no. What about uh, Jai Arrow? Um, we talked before about the punishments for the Dragons players. Now, what was it, $35,000? He, he loses the $15,000 he would have got for playing this. It was I, I read this morning that perhaps uh, the QRL will extend it, that he may not be eligible to play State of Origin next season. Yeah, they're looking at that. Uh, talking to some people in the QRL, QRL yesterday, they're gonna, they'll obviously discuss at the end of the series, but I would imagine Jai Arrow, Jai Arrow will be rubbed out of next year's series as well um, because... Uh, yeah, I've got a document called the Maroon Way, and the Maroons Way. I think Mal and Kevy put that document together, and I, I think Jai's breached sort of um, parts of that document, and, and he's lost the trust of the the, the official them there. Now, I mean, if Wayne Bennett gets the job, and Wayne, Wayne Bennett decides he wants Jai Arrow there, well, Wayne will probably get his way. But at the <laughs> moment, I would have thought that they'll put a line through Jai Arrow for next year. He's paid a high, a heavy price That's for high Jai, price, and, yeah. and you know what? He deserves to because he's done the wrong thing. And in the environment when we're in at the moment, he put the entire game at risk. So um, I've, I've got no argument if they decide to rub him out next year as well. Watch it with Paul Green. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, Greeny. <laughs> Mate, you know what? I, I, Look at these journos together. Yeah, I know. We're, 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 we're two optimists in Queensland. I like this Queensland team for game three. I do too. I think it's a much better team. Oh, I mean, it's a much Kale, better team. Kalen Ponga, for me, completely changes the dynamic of the Completely changed Newcastle last yeah. weekend, no doubt about yeah. it. And Ben Hunt, I think, at Hooker's a good selection. And, and at some point, Tommy and Latrell, they've got to have an off night. <laughs> they've got to, don't they? So I've got hope. Greeny can is, it, is, that your, is that your pre-game message to your players? Yeah. Look, at some point, these guys are going to... It could be tonight, okay? Maybe, so maybe go 2020. out there in hope. Maybe 2026. And the hammer's, might be. You know what? The hammer's quick. He's got some speed, so hopefully can, he can... Yeah, well, can he tackle? to get the ball first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not worried about... Look, defensively, if we win 40 to 34 or something, I, I don't know. I've got right. hope. We've got hope. We'll see what uh, Supercoach Brad Fittler's plans are uh, a little later in the show. This is the Saturday Scrum. We do it thanks to King G. Woo! I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. The Triple M.
Saturday Scrub for King G. Triple M rocks footy. Mark Guy, Brent Reed, Michael Camus, Tony Squires with you. Uh, 46-18, the Rabbitohs over the Cowboys. 12-2, the Cowboys lead with them. Well, what's going on here? Took a little while for the Rabbitohs to kick into gear once they did. Uh, an absolute masterclass from Cody Walker. He was brilliant. Alex Johnson scored another uh, hat-trick of tries. He's just been uh, scoring in multiples. Is he up to 22 or something? It may be already this season. Looks like uh, records will be broken. He is sensational to think uh, the Rabbitohs were going to get rid of him not too uh, long ago. Uh, MG, what would you make of it? As you say, uh, the Cody Walker show. I, I loved it. I think um, the Cowboys come to play. They... They're at the 12-2, as you mentioned, 12 points to two um, lead, uh, two penalty goals to start the proceedings, and then all of a sudden, uh, Cody Walker just kicked into gear. Oh, man, he's, he's good to watch. He makes things look so easier that are hard. They're very hard passes. He passes to, the, to his wingers when he's got to know exactly how hard to run towards the outside centre and the winger to take pressure off so he's, his outside man can have time to score. It's, it's amazing what he does on a rugby league field. Him and Cliffy Lyons... Um, the two best ball players I've, I think I've ever seen on a, on a rugby league field. Just the the sleight of hand they've got. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I am puzzled by the use of Jason Taumalolo. I, I am puzzled by that. He take him off at 20 minute mark and South Sydney score three tries while he's off. Game over. I would. I, I don't know if th- th- this is a tactic that he wants to use going forward because I, if I'm the coach and I, I'm not the coach, so I'm not going to go too heavy on Todd Payton, but I'm, if I am coach, I'm playing my best player as long as I can. I'm having him on the field as long as, he, as I can. I'm giving him, I'm, I'm actually starting him on the bench, and then I'm, I'm putting him on after 15 minutes, I'm saying you're playing till halftime, and then you've got all halftime to rest, which is 15 minutes, and then you're playing as long as you can. When Jason Tamalato's on the field, my team have got a better chance of winning than when he's off. I just don't get the rationale. He, I, just, I definitely don't. He busted tackles. Oh, one was, amazing was a run, and then another pass for a try. He was fantastic, and you're absolutely right that when the game was in balance, he was on the bench. When there was a that's chance, not the, that's not the first time Tony has happened no. this year. We it's talked about it last time. week, I think, didn't we? That yeah. we spoke about last week. The, and this was a big game the for them. Before, really. yeah. they're, they're, on, they're on 14 points with that congestion, the congestion, uh, congestion, yeah, congestion. Of, uh, in the mire. All these teams are kind of. Yeah. And they could have, if they, if they had a chance to beat South Sydney, that was the chance last night with that five of their main players. I think the other week we spoke about it, they had, they lost the game, it was against Manly, they lost the game when they had Tomalolo, McLean and Hess all sitting on the bench. I'm with you, I, I just start him and leave him. I mean, he's played 80 minutes before. I know he thinks, Todd obviously thinks he gets more out of him if he shortens his minutes up, but they're just losing footy games when he's not in the field. Just leave him out there. Play him 60 straight if you've got to. Just if you have to, hasn't yeah. he? Hasn't he... With what he said in round one, does he does he look weak if he turns around and starts no. going against what he said? No, I think he looks smart no. because he's he realised the error yeah. of his ways. I mean, well, there's a stubbornness. What he's sitting around, well, I don't know what it is, and I think we're, everyone's scratching the scratching the head with it because I think after the game, you, you heard the the commentators on te- television were saying the same thing. What, what's he doing with Jason Tomalolo? Why isn't he on the field? When I mean, you're paying this bloke a million dollars, he's your marquee player, he's your best player by the length of a straight, and. When the game's in the balance, you take him off. It just makes no sense. It makes no sense. And I, I really and like Todd. Bit, I think Toddy's a really good coach. Right? He did a great job at the Warriors last year, but he needs to resolve this because, uh, you know, he's, everyone's scratching the, their head at what's going on. And well, well if you think that uh, he's a repeat, the, the players are repeat offenders, that's what uh, Todd Payton thinks uh, mm-hmm. rather than him. And have a listen to what he had to say after the game. Yeah, I'm very frustrated. Um, the, the, there's different parts of that frustration. It seems to be the same people 
um, consistently over, what, 15, 16 rounds. And then we don't reconnect and get together as a team. We sort of disintegrate and don't talk. And, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not good enough. You put that down to your team having some inexperience there at the moment, so young guys not necessarily knowing how to work through it? Yeah, it would help with some more experience, absolutely. Um, we've got a few older guys, but um, and they're talking and leading. I thought Jason and Mac were pretty strong today. Um, but, yeah, they need some others. They need some assistance by some key players around them and some more experienced guys, yeah. So he has given a biggie up to Jason Tamalolo there, said yep. he thought he was pretty good. We, we saw he was great and perhaps should have been on there a bit longer. Sorry, MG, to interrupt. The, I guess they did have a bit of poor luck. Luca getting sinned in, but it was after a hit from Liam Knight from the Rabbits, which on any other weekend may well have led to a sin bin for him as well. So they were a player down for 10 minutes, and that also contributed. Mm. Uh, they're not in a good spot, though, uh, let's be honest, are they? No, they're not. Um, it's, they they have some spits and spats when they look like a, a team that could really str- uh, really go into the top eight and make some, you know, make some noise. But then they play like last night after after the initial onslaught um, when they were at the twelve points to two, they kind of you know put the cue on the rack and said, well, you know, I, and that's that's concerning when the coach says this, this has been happening for fifteen or sixteen weeks as well, and the same players are doing it. Well, don't pick them. Yeah, don't pick them players. Get other players in that, that you want. It's it's kind of similar to the Tigers where. Madge at each press conference says that it's, it's you know I want, I want men. Well, drop them blokes who aren't men and bring some men in. Is it? Is it? Because I'm sure everyone there's blokes in the top thirty who'd be itching for a spot who haven't played for maybe five or six weeks. Give them a go. You've got nothing to lose. There was one thing that Jason uh, Todd Payton said in round one though in regards to how long Jason Tamalolo still had left on his contract. They're paying a million dollars a year for him. Perhaps is that element of preserving him and making sure they don't get to a situation in three or four years' time where he's just. He's knackered, he's wrecked, and perhaps he won't even be in a situation where he has to worry about it if the, if the Cowboys don't start winning. Though. That's, the, that's yeah, the problem for, for these coaches. Well, so that's the analogy of having a, a Ferrari in the garage and just taking it for you know, a drive on the weekend instead of showing it off all week. Yeah, you've got to use it. If you've got it, you have it. You show it. <laughs> show it off. I haven't had that Ferrari around Penrith lately, actually. Hair blowing in 1988, but not now. But <laughs> I love it. If you had, didn't see that game, uh, look, see the tries, the highlights package, watch Cody Walker in action. Oh, the dipping into the line, cut out passes, short passes, or the tip on uh, was an absolute work of genius. Brilliant game from him. Uh, this is the Saturday's Grand Brad Fittler will join us next. <laughs> Triple M, Saturday Scrub for King G. Triple M rocks footy. Next Wednesday, State of Origin 3, uh, the not-dead rubber, uh, New South Wales and Queensland, and what a joy and privilege once again to have a chat with New South Wales coach Brad Fittler. Freddie, how are things in beautiful Kingscliff? Excellent, Tony. Fantastic. A wonderful day up here. Had a bit of a walk around early with the team. And um, yeah, considering the circumstances, spirits are pretty high, mate. I, was, I read today that, and the only kind of disappointing news <clears throat> is that it's going to be difficult to get some of the guys who've been involved in the series up to this point, your Daniel Safitis, of course, uh, Jake Trebojevic, to the game because of the COVID stuff. So, you, you know, them being there when you uh, hoist that trophy. Yeah, I'm not sure about Daniel Safiti, so we'll be checking into that, but all the other players won't be able to go. Uh, we just found out, um, well, Danny Badiris, who's from Newcastle, apparently for some reason his family won't be able to go, which I find wow. a little bit sort of... It'll be tricky, but it is what it is. Uh, no one's complaining. It's been something we spoke about very early. It'd be 
very easy to lose a lot of energy worried about what's going on I mean, people making these decisions are in a hard position and it is what it is mate How's the camp been, been, brother? Has it, has it been a nice? Well, we spoke to we spoke to on the week last week uh, Angus Crichton, and he, I said, oh, you know, dead rubber. You'd be cruising. He goes, well, I just just did our hardest uh, fitness of the of the two games I've played in. So you're not uh, leaving any stone unturned. Now we saw that it might sort of be the best approach. That if we uh, were a little bit harder than we had the last couple of games, then at the end of the day we can't say, well, we didn't prepare. Um, the players got such good attitude, and they they understood. And they you know they believed in what we're talking about. So, uh, like I just said, um, all for that, and you know, that's something about camp for the last four years. I think people sort of see a lot of the stuff we do, but I think we've worked harder than you know, many a lot of teams have prior to us. Freddie Brent Reid, mate, uh, tell us how Mitch Moses has been in camp this week. He's been good. He. We're a bit nervous. He come up with a bit of a calf injury, um, but you know, that's something that's laggable. And the, the calf that he had uh, when was that at the start of the year during COVID, I think, or last year. Um, so I think it was just to basically come in with a bit of tightness from the game. And he's been good. Um, it was really important that they're very different halves to to Nathan and Jerome, and you know, it was very important that we don't try to play like Nathan and Jerome. So you now that's gonna We've still got a couple of sessions to go. So that that's the thing that, you know, if we can nail that, I feel like uh, there's a really good group of players around them. And if they can have their best game and them being them, then I find we'll be hard to beat. Freddie, how much does that, the change in halves, change the game plan? Like how dramatic, dramatic does it is the shift? Yeah, massive. You know, you lose, you're, you're learning front row as well. So, um, you know, we're going in with a, Normally we had sort of three big fellas and now we're going in with two. So that's also changes the way we're going to have to play a little bit as well. But uh, once again, it's, you know, there's, there's no whinging. It's, we'll just get on with get on with the job. And it was a really good challenge, I think. You know, the, the whole you know, winning 3 nils just really been out of reach for just about everyone. It's only happened twice in the last 24 years. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. It sort of says a lot about the psychology of going into that third game. So... Uh, that's why we thought, you know, training hard and um, that might be the way to, you know, give yourself the best chance. Freddie, I know you're not one to care too much about what the opposition's doing and what's happening in the Queensland camp, but the events this week, what's your what's your take on, on what's unfolded? Well, you know, it's obviously disappointing. Um, just from a point of view, of it, we'd like to be talking about other things, so... Uh, but, you know, like I said, like you just said that, um, it is what it is what goes on in their camps um, and we just can deal with what what New South Wales are doing. So, but, um, yeah, it feels like, yeah, just, it's just disappointing from a point of view of obviously he's going to go through a pretty tough time um, and also puts a game under a bit of pressure that wasn't needed. As, as a well, coach... Freddie, though, how do you how do you handle that with your place? You just say, "I trust you guys. You do, you guys do what you need to do in terms of you know, you're not sitting there babysitting them, are you? Or you just put your trust in them?" Well, we we get a uh, an update every day, and um, the one thing we did speak about at the start was that there's just no complaining. So, uh, you know, if players did you know, just go and breach the bubbles, then 
it would you know it would be um, we're all aware of what we can do. So you know they they would be selfish reasons without a doubt because you know that's one thing the management's we're very careful of at the moment is making sure that the players are fully aware of uh, the environment that we're in at the moment. So but you know everyone's been pretty good. It's a great place up here. Just walking from your room to the team room, which is pretty much all you're allowed to do, and you know you're getting moments of fresh air, and you know that's all you need really. And you have Marco Mealy, I think, as your COVID compliance man, who's still shaving his head and rubbing Denka rub in his ear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just sits here and lies and tells everyone lies and stories that never really happened. So it's, you know you sort of get a, a COVID manager and a, uh, an entertainer in one. <laughs> One of my favourite players in the NRL is Dale Finucane, um, vice captain. What a what a great accolade for the bloke who. who I, when you speak to people about Dale Finucane, they say he just is the, the the professional's professional. He does everything that you're supposed to do. And um, how did you come to that? Um, make naming him vice captain, Freddie. Was he was he in, in competition with somebody else, or was it just a, a fait accompli? You're going to name him vice captain. Well. Um... We picked him for the second game and he ended up being, uh, was he 19th? Because Happy was 18th. I figured that if he's our 19th, then the, the blokes in front of him are pretty good. And going into a game where some people, um, whether they're players or fans or, you know, people might say, well, you know, does, how much does it mean? When you watch Dale Finuc and train every day, every day, every session, every part of the session means something. So, yeah. If we can all be Dale Finucane for a week, then Queensland are going to have to come up with something pretty special to beat us. So, you know, he's pretty much our role model. How good is that? That's, that gives me goosebumps. Yep. Freddie, seriously. I want to be Dale, I want to be Dale Finucane. <laughs> I want to be able to play the guitar like him as well. I want to, be, I want to sing like Dale <laughs> Finucane. <laughs> Freddie, the series is almost over now. Have you, it's hard, I know it's with with COVID's around to, to plot what, what you might do to unwind when the series is over. But what have you got anything planned? Do you go for a big ride on the motorbike? What what what's the plan to unwind when this series is over? Uh well no plan. Straight back into the job really, but um the Channel Nine job. But I've got a we're organising a, a ride uh, at the end of the year. So that's something that I'm really looking forward to and already preparing for next year's ride. So um but there's you know Getting back, I love working, you know, for Channel Nine week week in week out. It's a ripper, and you know, that'll be that's that's unwinding enough. Spending time with Joey, <laughs> <laughs> Freddie. We've been watching talk- how uptight Joey is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Freddie, we've been talking a lot about in this show around coaching and the pressure on a lot of the first grade coaches, and it appears as though that New South Wales job is yours for as long as you want it. The way you've handled your first few years there. But the appetite to coach in the NRL, has this experience given you the appetite to get back in it or has it made it reaffirmed your decision to, to stick with rep football? I never say never. And you know, this job, I've got one more year and also with the Channel 9, their TV rights are up. So, you know, you never really know what's going to happen just around the corner. So I'd never close the door on anything. I really, really love coaching. I think this job, you know, at the moment really suits me, allows me to do the Channel 9 thing, which I love. And also, um, you know, I get to, get to coach the best of the best. And uh, the one thing I did really enjoy actually prior to that was coaching all the kids, you know, the 16s and 18s. And if I go through this team, there's 
out of the team this year, there was about 10 blokes who I coached prior to doing the Origin. So wow. you see how that, you know, I benefited from that, just having that relationship with all those players. So uh, I'll just, you know, you make the most of what's around at the time. And, you know, right now he's coaching New South Wales in Channel 9. So, um, but no, I'd never say I'd never do it again. Freddie, earlier in the show, we, we did a, a quiz, and today I decided because you came around the show to do a Brad Fittler <laughs> quiz. Uh, and, yeah, and this was the question. I think it's my uh, finest work so far. Uh, it was, what does this noise mean to Brad Fittler? <laughs> Would you have got it, Freddie? <laughs> <laughs> That's Michelle and Barack. <laughs> I'd love to see a, a story from the other night, actually. Where I was going around at two in the morning, there was some awful noises going on. <laughs> Let me tell you, there's no HR in Lama <laughs> Uh, I love it. You, you didn't have the videotape, right? Come on. <laughs> exactly. All right, mate. Well, look, uh, once again, uh, thank you so much for giving me your time to have a chat with us. Uh, all the best for next Wednesday. Yeah. Enjoy. Good luck, buddy. Go get him. Thank you. Awesome. Honestly, what you see is what you get with him. It's, it's, it's been like it, when he played his first game in first grade, when he came on the, on the, against Ellery Hanlon, he stepped Ellery and chipped over the top of the fullback and went, wow. What's what's this kid? Who is this kid? Yeah, and he's just been like it ever since. He's um, he's a real he's a real ornament to the game. Just the way he's you know, he's 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 coaching as Mick mentioned. He's got the job as long as he wants it. Once in uh, in Bluesland, um, and he, I, I think what you're seeing is a reflection of, of him as a man on yep. his team, and it's a, that's the best kind of accolade you could give him. Yeah, they want to play for him. There's absolutely they do, mate. They do. Be great no to doubt. see him back in the NRL. Be unique, wouldn't it? Yeah. He's an interesting oh, I'd cat. Love to. I'd love to. <laughs> well, the first time he, he, I think he even admits he struggled with the the pressure of it all, and well, it, was, top, it started well. It started year, well, but they? then yeah. yeah. But yeah. he he would imagine he signed with an NRL club. Like you'd have players lining up to join. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Did he at one point when he was coaching the Roosters have a suggestion box, which I think is brilliant. He's <laughs> 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 eating cupcakes and everything. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. So good. Cups of tea. He, yeah. he is a terrific man. Uh, deserves all of the accolades and all the success that continues to come his way. I guess it's because he works hard at it. This is the Saturday Scrum. Thanks to King G. The Triple M Saturday Scrum for King G. Triple M rocks footy. And a huge thanks to King G pushing the limits in comfort, technology, and design. King in the industry continues to innovate. Strong, smart, iconic workwear. Pushing the limit, as I said, uh, and designs that you're set even in the most extreme conditions. A big thank you to all at King G. Given that I do have uh, two experts in tennis uh, and in football, uh, we might go to Wimbledon and Euro 2020 next. Uh, I didn't think I'd ever say this, but uh, in terms of sport... England's the place to be right now, right about now. Not only, of course, do they have uh, quite a high percentage of people who have been vaccinated, so they're all rubbing shoulders, uh, which certainly is not the done thing in Sydney at the moment with 50 new cases. But they do have a couple of great sporting events, Wimbledon wrapping up uh, with our very own Ash Barty uh, taking on Karolina uh, Pliskova. Uh, What do you make of this, Shamus? I'm just still depressed. I should be there. I was supposed to be there, Tony. I was supposed to be covering Wimbledon. Would have been in the... Ash Barty into Novak Djokovic final into the into the Euro final would have been a weekend to remember. Oh, what a weekend! But I'll watch it on television from tonight. <laughs> we'll enjoy it anyway. And 
Look, it'd be great to see Ash Barty uh, up again, Pliskova tonight, uh, 11 o'clock. What a story. Uh, coming back into tennis and the, what she's done. Yep. Uh, look, she goes into this one. You, you'd, you'd think she, uh, the, on the form she's been playing with lately, she would. Uh, she's got a 5 2 record, I think, uh, against Pliskova, which is terrific. It's helpful. Yeah. It's helpful. It's just a great story with the you know the fact that it's um, Yvonne Gulagong, forty one years ago she did the same thing forty years ago fifty years 50, ago 50. 71, yeah, 1971, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah so longer mm. um, she's wearing the same outfit um, you know I think Fila her man uh, sports um, apparel sponsor have made her up a special um, uh, dressing well, the the apparel that she's wearing yep. it's models on Yvonne's and. Yeah, she's she's just so easy to love. Is yep. uh, is Ash Barty? She does it so well. She's just a fantastic sportswoman. Yeah, she's all of that, and she has that. Uh, she's so humble with everything she does, and she's so inclusive of her team. Uh, you know, we're going to do this. She talks in in those kinds of ways. She celebrates with a few beers. Uh, she's just got <laughs> a great level about her, doesn't she? She's somebody yeah. that uh, a nation as a group can absolutely love and sit around their televisions as close as they're allowed to uh, in the rooms you're allowed to be in. Uh, <laughs> no visitors, of course. Yeah, no visitors, but uh, that would be brilliant. And to uh, Novak Djokovic, of course, who just can't be beaten at the moment he's aiming up for to get equal on the 20 uh, slam events with Roger and Rafa should he beat uh, Matteo uh, Berrettini tomorrow yeah well look you'd imagine he's going to surpass everyone he's going to finish as as the bloke with the most grand slams uh, in the history of the sport the way he's playing and he shows no signs of slowing down unfortunately there's signs with with Roger and, and Rafa that the best is behind them, but Novak is is just incredible. And uh, also over the weekend, over the week we saw that Nick Kyrgios won't be at the Olympics. Unfortunately, mm. that's disappointing. Yeah, He's pulled out to play in Atlanta. Playing uh, in front of empty stadiums doesn't sit right with him. I think is what what he said. And I mean, he was amazing in Wimbledon. Who would have thought that we'd be watching uh, a crowd at Wimbledon give him a standing ovation as he left? Uh, retiring hurt injured from a game. I mean, because he's, he was the hot ticket at Wimbledon. He's so entertaining. He, and he finally just, you know, he said, yeah, I think he's realised that I'm just going to have some fun here. And, and Australians, I think, have realised, yes, his heart's not in it. But if he just goes out there and doesn't carry on and just looks like a guy who's enjoying himself, yep. which he is, people are getting behind him. Yeah. Reedy, you're laughing. I think you're laughing. turned for him when he appeared on uh, Australian Ninja Warrior with Shane Crawford. I think that's when people <laughs> fell in love with him. <laughs> Did you see that? Yes. Honestly, no. he's got no future as a commentator. Thank God he's a tennis player. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you got the most important thing tomorrow, the UFC um, two six four, Conor McGregor is back, oh, baby. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's a big ticket. If you if you're into the UFC like I am, I'm massively into it. It's been the um, this is a, the the trilogy that fight tomorrow against Poirier, um, and I think Poirier might get him. I I think he got him uh, back. He, in. It was only January, was it, when they fought last, last the second year, one? Yeah. Twenty twenty oh, end of last year, I think they fought all in Abu Dhabi, um, and yeah, Poirier won that one. And but Connor's back to his trash talking ways. And uh, last fight they had, he was very nice and amicable. But now he's back to his the fires in his belly. So it's going to be a massive, massive card. Now I own Bam Bam. Tied two of us is on the undercard, so I can't wait for this tomorrow. I love it. <laughs> the, little, the glint in his eye. And yeah, his eye. Done it. I, I would have done it if, I was, if it was around when I was younger. It would have been something I would have loved to have done. The, the discipline of it, the, the different... Um, Didn't you do it anyway? The, you you oh. did it without the cage. <laughs> I, I did it. There you go. I did. I, actually, I did it. I'm a USC fighter. I could think of nothing worse to do than stand in that cage, oh. look across and, go, and get kicked. 
Boden. Yeah. Oh, oh Bowden. Yeah. Oh, no. Not exactly. for me. No, not for no. me. No, I know. Well, you, you played football. Yeah. Plus, he's underage, so it doesn't really work for him. The real football. Time. Yeah, so no. the real football will be yeah. happening with uh, England and Italy yeah. uh, in wow. Euro 2020. I don't know why we're not calling it 2021, yeah. but... Uh, huge like? for England, is it? Huge um, at a final at Wembley, Wembley being more than fifty. I think it's sixty-six. Last time they won a major yep. uh, tournament, England, and you know I watched a lot of their games in this in this um, tournament. They've been really good. They've sort of kept things tight at the back, and they, they've sort of won decisive. Aside from the last game against Ukraine, which won easily, or Denmark, sorry, uh, the game against Ukraine they won easily. All the other games have sort of kept things tight and school and, and overwhelmed their opposition at the end of the game. And you know it's huge over there. Crowds are back, and you've seen the English people on the streets celebrating. And yeah. uh, I think Italy will get them though. I mean, they, well, I mean they're, they they're just specialists. They haven't lost in thirty something games, and, I think. And they're the masters in 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 big games, big tournaments, timing their run. I think they'll. Wouldn't surprise me if it goes to penalties. Because um, I think Italy will give them nothing, and I reckon Italy might spoil the party over there. Wow. But it's a big twenty-four hours because then Sunday morning, you got Messi v Neymar in the final oh, of the Copa yeah. America, wow. uh, Argentina v Brazil, which is huge as well. They've got no crowd, sadly, but uh, it's what a big do you, twenty-four what do you hours. Honestly do? What do people honestly do who don't like sport? What do they do? Have you ever met anybody like that? <laughs> they probably spend time oh, with I, their I, kids, MG. Actually, I'm. That's probably why I've never met anyone, so I wouldn't have a clue. But it's just no, a different well, tribe. It's a different tribe of people who yeah. don't like sport, isn't it? Well, it have to be. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I obviously. Well, I'm, I'm, not I'm not offending anybody because if they're not listening to us, they love sports. So. Well, I remember meeting one of those people out of state of origin. His name was, he was the Premier of New South Wales. He was Bob Carr at the time. Yep. I said, how's it going? He said, how's it going, comrade? I'd rather be home watching the episodes of the Civil War. Which, <laughs> seriously? <laughs> oh, Bob. We got a taste of it last week, or a couple of weeks ago, when there was the origin weekend. There wasn't any footy. It was depressing. Oh, so what do we do? Yeah, it's tough. I know. It is tough, but there is plenty on there, and plenty on in this show. In the hour, we have to share with you. Reedy's Mail is next. Saturday Scrum, thanks to King G. King G, pushing the limits in comfort, technology and design. Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream.